0: words from the hills reconfigure your life change your heart and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be
1: welcome father we thank you for this beautiful Sunday thank you for our day of worship we gather together in your presence and we're here to touch base to connect your power thank you for the fellowship of brothers and sisters who love you thank you for being in the company of the righteous Bless your name that we have such an opportunity of free worship to come here together this morning to lift up our voices to you. There are many places in the world where men are not free to worship you. The Lord, us here, you've given mercy. We appreciate it and we thank you. We we'll pray for our brothers also in captivity all around the world in China, in Saudi Arabia, in Iran, in Iraq, in Syria, in Afghanistan. People live in dire conditions, even parts of Africa, right here in Nigeria, in the Northeast. There's all types of unrest around the world. Today we remember everyone who is hurting all across the world and we speak your peace over them in the name of Jesus. Thank you because you're the deliverer and in these things you delight for you are a God of justice. We celebrate your work in our fellowship this morning speak to us with clear words so we can hear and make amends with our lives in jesus name amen good morning how are you doing today you guys look gorgeous pastors try to say that sometimes but today is real (laughs) it's real please uh shake the hand of someone sitting next to you say hey something nice yeah you all come to church this morning the worship was really really good thank you guys at hills music you're really you're really growing and growing yeah so um, god bless you guys thank you for serving thank you all for coming this morning god is blessed that we're here because without you there'll be no church thank you for giving giving your best Giving in your offerings, giving your sacrificial seed, and giving your tithes, that's enabled us to continue to do this work. We appreciate all of you who have given generously. God bless you. You know, uh, I'm not sure it's often that you hear churches thanking the congregation for being the congregation. But I want to thank you for being a part of Ecclesia Hills. It's such a blessing. That because without you, we have no church. Thank you come in here and god bless you so much i love you guys each of you i love you love you guys even if i haven't come to your house yet i'm coming (laughs) i will visit each person i'll have tea with everyone personally one-on-one by the grace of god so help me god So today we're talking about the shipwreck and the serpent, but before then, I have two quick announcements. On the 24th of this month in the evening, we're going to do something, um, what's the type? Is love real? Is true love real? So we're going to talk about love, you know, you have young people who are afraid to get married because maybe they think like, what I'm feeling, is it love, you know, or can I find that true love? You know, it's not just another marriage. And then you have people who have been married two, three years, four years, and they're finding out, like, did I really love him? Do you understand? Did I really love him? So I want to address that question. Is true love real? And other questions around love, dating, and marriage. Is that a good idea? Is that a good idea? Can we do, like, an evening seminar? And uh, we have to do that program. Dr. Esther Longe and uh, Oti, her husband, doctor. and we also have Glory Edozian, and we. Uh, I wanted to force Pastor Fred to join them. Is that a good idea? Yeah. <laughs> so they'll be forced because he's the only pastor who is not yet known as a pastor. So. <laughs> So we can use the under, his undercover uh, status to do that. So that's going to really, really be nice. We also want to do a water baptism very soon. So if you're not baptized in water by immersion, we started the classes last week. We're going to do only three classes and then we schedule a baptism. So if you're not baptized in water by immersion and you're here, just wave, let me see. Maybe you were sprinkled on as a child, but you have never been baptized in water by immersion. Just wave. Jesus says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. So I want to bring you along to, please just sign up, just wait after the service. It will be just uh, a 45-minute class for three classes. We want to explain what baptism baptism is before we go into it. So that you do it with revelation and do it differently this time and make a good pledge. Last week, we'll give them an assignment. So write your manifesto. Write your the manifesto who you're going to be in god what do you want to be what you want to see and when you go into the water you bury your old life and a new life emerges so welcome you to this as well please connect and be a part of it so thank you this will make two announcements the shipwreck and the serpent so this is a, this is a shipwreck Serpent is not yet here. You will see it soon. (laughs) I think our graphics designer is actually quite good. Sometimes he does. So uh, we're going to do some Bible reading this morning. I hope you don't. I I know that many of you. I asked you guys to read the book of Acts. Many of you haven't read it. So we're going to read it in church. But this studying of the book of Acts has been most amazing every part of it has been real so we 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 shared about the day of Pentecost and that time the Holy Spirit just came into the church and we're all full of the Holy Spirit praying in tongues it was amazing then we shared about prison break and actually someone actually went to prison from this church and by the time Pastor Fred went to go and get him he already broke out of prison (laughs) So last week we we're talking about the Stockholm syndrome and can you imagine someone actually got kidnapped do, do you guys understand so it's like we're actually leaving the book of Acts because that's what that's what's happening but the person is going to be released in Jesus name today we're talking about the shipwreck and the serpent so what does that say? <laughs> fear not, because in all these things Paul was an overcomer. So this morning I is sharing about how God wants to bring us from victory to victory, from victory to victory. That means that we're going to go over every trial and over every temptation. But let's start from Acts chapter 27 this morning. I want someone to read from verse 1 to 11. Can we get a second mic? Can we pass the second mic around? There's going to be quite some reading. So... I don't want to put up the scripture so you can read in your Bible. So, your own Bible. Get a Bible and read in your Bible. You no know, one can put up the words and then you won't, you won't go into it. But I want you to open your own scriptures. On your mobile, on your listen. Please read from the Bible. And read along as a person. First person is reading. Who is reading for us? Blessing? Are you the one? Yeah. Okay. This Jesus is here. One we to eleven as a fresh one.
2: When it was decided that we would sail for Italy. Paul and some other prisoners were handed over to a centurion named Julius, who belonged to the imperial regiment. We boarded a ship from Adriatium about to sail for ports along the coast of the province of Asia, and we put out to sea. Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica, was with us. The next day we landed at Sidon and Julius in kindness to Paul allowed him to go to his friends so that they might provide for his needs. From there we put out to sea again and passed to the lee of Cyprus Cyprus, because the winds were against us. When we had sailed across the open sea off the coast of Cilicia and Pamphylia we landed at Myra in Ly- Lycia. There, the centurion found an Alexandrian ship sailing for Italy and put us on board. We made slow headway for many days and had difficulty arriving at Snidus. When the wind did not allow us to hold our course, we sailed to the lee of Crit, opposite Salmon. We moved along the coast with difficulty and came to a place called Fair Havens, near the towns of Lassia. Much time had been lost and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was after the fast. So Paul warned them, Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives also. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and of the owner of the ship. Since the harbour was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided that we should see on, hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. This was a harbour in Crete, facing both southwest and northwest.
1: Okay, thank you very much. That's the first spot. And they got to, I like this place called Fair, Fair Havens. It's, it's a nice place near La Silla. Fair, Fair Havens. It's like a beautiful town. But that's, they didn't see any beauty at all. Was a difficult journey It was a treacherous journey the wind was against them and then winter was coming so normally if you had one of the things they said that they were looking for a place to winter there winter there means that these people go on this long voyage and then at a particular point they wait for a place where where they can spend two two three months for winter for the icing of the waters to pass so that they can continue their voyage so this was the days of the voyagers obviously do you guys understand this do you understand okay thank you <laughs> even if you don't understand just just act like <laughs> okay let's go on 16 to 26 there's someone else can read who else wants to read i'll appoint someone to read uh, please pass the mic to Roberta, she's next to you, just behind you, yes, give her the mic. It's 16 to 26, thank you.
3: We sailed along the shelter side of a small island named Corda, where with great difficulty we hoisted aboard the lifeboat being, um, being towed behind us. Then the sailors bound ropes around the hull of the ship to strengthen it, They were afraid of being driven across the sandbars of citrus of the African coast, so they lowered the sea anchor to slow the ship and were driven before the wind. The next day, as gale force winds continued to batter the ship, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars, until all until at last all hope was gone. No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, "Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You should have avoided all these. You should have avoided all these damage and loss. But take courage, none of you will lose your lives, even though this ship will go down. For last night, an angel of the Lord to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and he said don't be afraid Paul for you will surely stand trial before Caesar what's more God is God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you so take courage for I believe God it will be just as he said but we will be shipwrecked on an island
1: that's 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 crazy but that's what the angel appeared to Paul and told him do not be afraid you're going to be shipwrecked, but you're going to be safe. Like God, why? Why can't I be saved with the ship? <laughs> yeah, and not just you; all that is with you will be saved. Okay, verse 27 to 44. The shipwreck in earnest. Who's going to read for us? Pass the mic to this gentleman. Yes, he. You. yes him. Please, what's your name? Ik. Ik yes Ik. Read for us.
4: On the fourteenth night, we were still being driven across the Adriatic Sea when, about min- when about midnight, the sailors sensed they were approaching the land. Verse twenty-eight. They took soundings and found and found that the water was hundred and twenty feet deep. A short time later, they took soundings again and found it was 90, 90 feet deep verse 29 fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks they dropped four anchors from the stem and prayed for daylight in an attempt to escape from the ship the sailors let the lifeboat boat down into the sea pretending they were going to lower some anchors for the for the bow verse 31 then paul said to the centurion and the ships. And the soldiers unless this men stay with the ship you cannot be saved so the soldiers cut the ropes that led the lifeboat and let it drift away just before dawn paul urged them all to eat for the last 14 days he said you have been you have been in constant suspense and have gone without food you haven't eaten anything now i urge you to take some food you need it to survive not one of you will lose a single hair from it, from his head. Verse 35. After he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them. Then he broke it and began to eat. They were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. Although there were 276 of us on board, when they had eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. Verse 39 When daylight came, they did not recognize the land, but they saw a bay with a sandy beach, where they decided to run the ship around aground if they could. Cutting loose the anchors, they left them in the sea, and at the same time untied the ropes that held the the rudders. Then they hoisted the foresail to the wind and made for the beach. the ship struck a sandbar and ran aground the bow stuck fast would sorry verse 41 but the ship struck a sandbar and ran aground the bow stuck fast and would not move and the stern was broken to pieces by the pounding of the surf the soldiers planned to kill prisoners to prevent any of them swimming away and escaping but the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and kept them from carrying out their plans. He ordered those who could not swim to jump overboard first and get to land. Verse 44. The rest were... Verse 44. The, the rest were to get on planks on the other pieces of the ship. In this every, everyone reached land safely.
1: That's amazing. All of them got to land safely. What a scary story, right? Imagine like this was happening and you were there. They were making for land. The ship hit, you know, the lower part of the, the hull of the ship just hit ground and broke into pieces. And they wanted to kill people. And one centurion who had Paul had found, Paul had, Paul had shown something. They've seen something. He said, I have to keep this guy. He, what this guy has said twice has been correct. So let's keep him. And decided to keep everyone along and they tried and every single person went to the shore safely how many of them 276 of them all went to the shore safely you know I want you to immerse your head in this account just get the knowledge so in the reading we're getting what we're getting the knowledge so can we read more are you tired of reading Let's read one more, Acts 28, verse 1-7, to and that's where we're going to stop reading the next chapter, bring it forward to Mary.
0: And when they were escaped, then they knew that the highland was called Melita. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness for they kindled the fire and received us, everyone, because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hands. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand. They said amongst themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he had escaped the sea, yet vengeance, vengeance suffered not to live. And they shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. But after, after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. In the same quarters were possessions of the chief man of the island whose name was Publius Publius, who received, received us and lodged us there three days courteously okay, and it came now. to pass.
1: We can stop there in verse 7. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much. You have to change your translation, Sister Mary. <laughs> <laughs> who we'll received it? And... and endure it <laughs> even as you're struggling with the translation so get a simpler translation the new living translation I recommend for you <laughs> okay so one of the first things I want to point out about about this, this voyage was that there was a man in the voyage led by the Spirit of God. It makes a difference when on an enterprise people go forward by the Spirit of God. And that man was Paul. He said to them, don't sail. They did. Do you understand? And they ran aground. He said to them, don't run off the ship. They didn't. And they stayed safe. There's a sense of accuracy in his message. Just so, such Accuracy. At some point in time, they wanted to shoot, but they didn't shoot, right? He also came to them and said, eat and relax. That's amazing, right? He took bread, gave thanks, and then offered the bread to each of them. And when they saw him eating, the atmosphere changed, and everybody ate and became strong. Think about the kind of tension that will be in people's hearts. After they've been sailing for 14 days and they haven't eaten do you understand 14 days is like they, they they were actually starving to be honest right because there was no purpose to they are not eating they were literally starving for 14 days that's a long time uh, so sometimes when we read this story think about 14 days like if you don't eat from morning till night how do you feel you feel strong 2 days, 3 days, 14 days so obviously there was something here so something else you can see is just the fact that Paul himself was a man who was listening beyond whatever was happening in the ship he was a man larger than that ship where he lived in There was a ship, but there was a man bigger than the ship which carried him. And I I noticed something else. He wasn't frazzled. Is there some kind of confidence that happens when you walk with God that makes you unshakable in the face of challenges? That's what Paul was like. So, if Paul was like this, you would ask, if a man of God was going on a voyage, why a shipwreck? Must there be a shipwreck? Do you understand? Those of you who journey with God, ask yourself, must there be problems and challenges in this life? Why the shipwreck? We notice he stayed calm. He broke bread. He had revelation of what? He pastored the 276 people on board. But why shipwreck? Can I ask you guys, why do you think a shipwreck is necessary in this life? These are some of the questions we're going to ask God when we get home. Some of these questions I don't have an answer for. The only thing we know is that we live in a fallen world and the elements of the world do not sustain perfection. As a result, we are subject to the elements of the earth. If you are a man of God you are not going on a party cruise you are going because you have been carried as a prisoner not because you are doing your own bidding but because you were doing the Lord's work he was the most prolific evangelist of his day yet he encountered a shipwreck what was most powerful is the posture of his mind even though was a shipwreck today i don't want to preach i want to just teach about what god was trying to articulate in the life of this man through his life as a model so paul becomes like a model for us to copy from today when we go through shipwreck can i tell you something shipwrecks will come some enterprises will not end well Some of your businesses will blow out of water. Today, let me tell you that some of you can be fired from your job. Today, let me tell you that you're not going to live necessarily a life of perfection. Some of you can be without work for a long time. Some of you can be in a place where you need to look to other people for resources. Life will not necessarily be perfect for you all the time. But there is a promise of God for everyone who... Works with God as a promise of God and even though life is not perfect he will keep you safe he will keep you safe say amen if you believe it say amen he will keep you safe that is the promise of God that is the promise of God he will keep you safe he will keep you safe hallelujah Then let's go to the serpent part. So these guys got to the place in chapter 28. They were warming themselves by the fire. The people of Malta, you know, your translation called them barbarians. There was actually a tribe called the Tribe of the Barbarians in North Africa who, um, you know, the island of Malta has two main cities, Valletta and Gozo. Right. I don't know which one of these. I think it's nearer Valletta, the story goes where this shipwreck happened. Right? And in this town, what was happening was that these, these people came, local people came and saw it was like you saw an accident, or like a plane crash. What do you do? Rescue mission. And it was, winter was setting in, so what did they do? They set up a a big bonfire for them. This fire was just flaming. And of course, Paul, being the helpful guy, he was the one going to work, carry firewood. As he brought the fire to a Brought the wood to put into the pie they didn't realize that there's a huge viper inside and the viper just went for his hand and grasped his hand you understand <sighs> sometimes the reason why you get into trouble is because you are trying to help someone isn't it true you're the helpful one so there's there some there are quite some lessons here i just want to pick them out for you being of help all of a sudden lands you in trouble being there to rescue one night There's a guy who was coming from a co-hotel, saw somebody who had been hit by a car. Put this person in his own car. And then, trying to get this person to the hospital, the person died in his car. And then, when he got to the hospital, they told him, oh, we can't treat him. You need a police report. Then, he tried to get a police report. Then he called me. And then we all got into the trouble together. By the time we found him, he was the one behind bars. What did he do wrong? He was only trying to help. Paul did nothing wrong, but the viper still got him. One thing again God will keep you safe from all alarms. What did I say? God will keep you safe from all alarms. I want that message to, you know, why I'm saying this in such a quiet way is because I know that it's going to be a contest for this word in your heart. I want you to stay with your spirit for the days to come when situations will be lying to you and say, where is God in this? Is God still with you? You are doing the right thing. What's the benefit of doing the right thing now? You're trying to be Mr. Goody Two Shoes. Always trying to do the right thing. Where is God now? I want these words to compete with the words that will come in your brain from the devil. That God will keep you safe from all alarm. Shout it out. God will keep me safe from all alarm. One more time. God will keep me safe from all alarm. There will be shipwrecked. There will be trouble, but you will be victorious in all of them. There will be challenges. There will be issues, but you will come out victorious in the end. We are not given a perfect world, but we are given a life of victory. We are not given a perfect circumstance, but we are given the presence of God. We are not given a life without issues, but we are given a promise. And that promise, I will never leave you not forsake you Paul shook the serpent into the fire this is the kind of serpent this is what a viper looks like I'm sure some people are closing their eyes they can bear the image of a beautiful snake (laughs) it's an endangered species These, these versions of venomous snakes are being preserved by naturalists and environmentalists they said this is good to be kept you need to keep a measure of these poisonous elements in the world do you guys agree <laughs> we africans have some kind of a bar- paradigm with these kind of things right so one day i was one day some some cat lovers from from the uk called my house and said to me oh mr moses is the michaels We're calling from Pet Rescue. Would you like to donate to cats and dogs? I didn't know, I didn't know my, my button just exploded. (laughs) And I said, you guys are collecting money for cats and dogs. Do you know human beings are eating today? (laughs) Do you know they are hungry people all around the world? You can't care about human beings. You are caring for cats and dogs. Come on guys. the serpent had no useful purpose, it he he was only there to remind man of God that even though you touch deadly things, they shall not harm you. The serpent may have no use as far as Africans are concerned in our ecosystem, we don't need snakes, kill them all. <laughs> But in this place, he had a useful purpose of showing that the presence of God was with the man of God. I don't know what serpents exist around you. Some serpentile people. Some serpentile elements. Some treacherous people who will betray you at any point. Who can't wait to attack you. Who in the job you are doing to defend people they will stand up to attack you. They are the serpents. You will find many serpents in your life. Is this getting... How many of you have seen serpents in your life? Let's be honest. Like serpentile kind of people. Like people who just can't wait to just cheat you. Take something from you. You know, deceive. They look nice on the outside. but inside of them is deadly poison. He will keep you safe from the serpents. He will keep you safe from the serpents. Don't fear the serpent. Don't fear the serpent. Don't be afraid of the serpent because the keeper is around. Let's read this together. One, two, go. This tribe shall be my city, my living place, and arena for great reveals. I shall surround it and defend. The miracles of God will be real and plenty. The people will be strong and full of power. I shall be her hope and defense. I will be your strength, your true power. Step into what I'm building. Be my city. Burn for me, and I will take you, I will take on your enemies. I will fight those who fight for you and destroy and destroy their imaginations I think I fell asleep when I was writing this part I'll destroy their imaginations this is the word God was giving to me every plan against you I will destroy everyone who comes against you I'll cause them to fall because of you you'll be protected by me you'll be defended by me I will be your God but can you be on my journey can you get on my enterprise can you get on this purpose with me? Can you, can you roll with me? Paul was not going on his own journey. What journey was he going to? He was taken as a prisoner for the gospel of Christ. And because of that, God had a duty to defend him. There is only one journey. The most important journey of all is for us to be witnesses of His Christ. There's only one journey. And the most important journey of all is for us to stand up and preach the gospel of the kingdom. God wants men everywhere to see light. God wants every man everywhere to have hope. And we've chosen many agendas. But on those agendas, there is no defense. On the agenda of God, there is a defense. Those who walk with God, those who carry the burden of God, those who feel for souls, those people will be defended by God. Those who are hungry for the hurting people, those who for the the injured ones in the land those who care for those who are broken and hungry those shall God give strength in the name of Jesus Christ God wants to give you strength but God wants you to be about him God wants you to be about him God wants you to be about his enterprise and in that place there will be protection every time God talks about us taking on deadly things and he shall not hurt us he actually was talking about with regards to the gospel remember go into all the worlds and preach the gospel and this shine shall follow them who believe they shall what they shall cast out devils what else should they do they shall what they shall speak with new tongues if they shall pick on serpents and scorpions and nothing shall by any means hurt them what kind of people those who go to preach God has a burden to defend those who stand for him. What do you stand for? You know, I had an argument with someone last week. People stand for all types of things. There are about seven spirits that have been given, seven to eight spirits of things that have been given in this time the devil is using to fight humanity. And if we don't know, we can stand in this place and fight, but we're not fighting for God. There are nice things to fight about, they are not God do you understand? If I go into some of them, there will be controversy in this room, real controversy. The man of God is only supposed to fight one battle, the battle of the entrance of the word of God into people's lives. This is your biggest battle because I can tell you, when every woman has equal rights with men, when gay rights become human rights when food and poverty ceases and there is food on every table, when every constitution is balanced in the world and there's no more injustice among men, when every school is available for everyone to get educated and there's no more illiteracy in the world, when everyone has a million dollars in their own personal account, they can buy any trip they want, when all of humanity meets all their needs, man will still be very poor and in desperate need for salvation it doesn't matter what we have it doesn't matter how far we go it doesn't matter how much we advance as humanity man still remains intrinsically wicked the bible says the heart of man is desperately wicked and deceitful and who can know it and this is not a nigerian heart this is the human heart, an American heart, an Australian heart, a British heart is just equally as wicked as an African heart. The heart of man continues to think about himself and what he can get. There is only one enterprise that is guaranteed as we go through life, that even through the shipwreck of life, that God will preserve us and that's the enterprise of those who preach. The Bible says how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good tidings. My God, how can it be that we the church of god have arranged ourselves and all our enterprise is about everything else how is it that we don't concentrate on the main thing the main thing we're not keeping the main thing. the main thing What is the main thing? Is that God of love came to earth to save fallen humanity. What's the main thing? That man who is fallen and lost can come up in the image and the likeness of Christ. What is the main thing? That brothers and sisters and men and women can rise up in the grace of God and stand upon the earth. And bring the supernatural power of God down into every situation. What's the main thing? That God can walk with man. That is the main thing. That is the main enterprise. There are other nice to have, leadership is nice to have, success, success principles is nice to have. Many other things are nice to have, but this is not the core of the gospel. The gospel of Christ is called the Kerygma by the early apostles. They preached that Jesus Christ is the Christ and believing in him you will have eternal life. And that man is lost and that man has fallen short of the glory of God. And that every man has chosen his own path. The gospel says that God can offer you salvation. So when you fed everyone, we do charity. We have a charity called Touch the World. And we're going to do big things this year, aren't we? Not? Absolutely. We're going to do big things this year. We're going to do big things. you hear about us on national TV. you hear about us. We're going to do big things, Touch the World, this year. By the grace of God, by the power of God, we're going to do great things. So we believe in justice. But social justice is not enough. Say, social justice is not enough. I can't hear you say, social justice is not enough. Fallen man needs to be saved. Lost man needs to be redeemed. Man who is caught in the image and the likeness of God falling away from the glory of God needs to be brought back to the place of the glory of God. This is what we live for. Our message is for the lost that we are God's ambassadors and we go to the ends of the earth to save men. How can you go from week to week and not share your faith with anyone? How can you go from moment to moment and feel nothing about the heart of God? This is God's message that he loves men everywhere and he wants us to be his arms, his ambassadors, his outstretched arm. And this is what Paul was going through. And even then, you still have shipwrecks but there's a promise and a covenant of God I will never leave you nor forsake you are you about me are you about yourself are you about me or are you about the things you like are you about me says the Spirit of God are you about money we're about many things on earth but sometimes we're not about God God wants us to change change the taste world of your life change change the things that make you excited change the things the Bible says as the whole of heaven rejoice when one's soul is saved that tells you the value system of heaven what do you think makes the earth rejoice if I said oh someone just gave their life to Christ now let's put our hands together you see the level of hands but if I say wow can you believe this guy just made a million dollars I would have practicalized it and give me a testimony and say yeah pastor, pastor Fred come on come Pastor Fred, come. You guys just believe don't You don't believe it. Pastor Fred just won a a contract from the federal government. The contract is is 25 billion naira. Do you want to celebrate that? Let's give thanks to Jesus Christ. Yay! If I say Dara just gave her life to Christ, are we going to get the same level of celebration? That tells us our value system. The church celebrates marriages, money, everything else apart from souls. We have no value for what heaven has value for. The Bible says the heavens rejoice over one sinner who was lost and comes back home. God has value for humanity. Every person here sitting under my voice, who doesn't know God? God has value for you. God wants you more than he wants money. God wants you more than he wants pastors to be comfortable. God wants you more than he wants the church to be good. God wants your life more than he wants institutions. God wants you more than anything else and nothing else is complete. Even though we're talking about the shipwreck, the shipwreck is nothing. It will not touch you until the day God has appointed. Paul never died. He lived in Rome for two years until he appeared for Caesar was executed. Everywhere he went, if you read the account, everywhere he went, in Malta he started preaching. In the island when they saw him as a serpent, he started preaching, he started a congregation there. He had a church in Malta. Until this day, Paul was reputed with the one who brought Christianity to, to the island of Malta. And how did he arrive there by shipwreck? If it's you, can I ask you how you behave when you don't have money and you're living right? A young lady, you don't have money, you're living right. You can see all your friends doing a It's not complain, complain. You come to God with God, man. Why should I suffer, dear Lord, doing righteousness? And the church will teach you some sad song. It's not an easy road. We're traveling to heaven and many other trials on the way. And some people say, no, no, it's not an easy road. Hey! No, no, it's not an easy road. And we indulge in pity party. What of the young man who is trying to hammer, trying, trying? One year he tried nothing; he tried again, nothing. It's like one one rich man, very rich, one of rich from petroleum, very, very rich in trillions of naira, said to me one day, Pastor Moses, it seems like you cannot do God's way and be rich do you know what he was saying he was saying that in his practical world what he needs to do to keep his wealth was totally treacherous to the kingdom of God do you guys understand are you going to live right for God are you going to be doing Christianity games going to church are you going to have a relationship with God? Are you going to be offended with Him every time He doesn't do something right in your life? Are you going to go all the way and say, God, even if you kill me, I am your worshiper. Even though the lines don't fall upon me in pleasant places, even though some family member dies, even though there's pain in my heart, I will worship you. Even though it doesn't look like it, I will follow after you. Job, he who says, even though you slay me, Yet will I worship you. In closing, let's look at some of the lessons and take these lessons home. Number one, Paul was a man of revelation, he knew what was to come. Number two, the desperate situation he was inside helped his leadership to come out. What did we see of Paul's leadership? He wasn't ashamed. He wasn't taking, you know, if some of you like you're now in chains, you're a prisoner in chains, what will your countenance be like? Will you be the happier bubbly guy that you that you are today? Or will you be downcasted? Like, ah. is this me now uh, in prison? Some some men will lift up their head and cry, ah God, you do me something. <laughs> he wasn't crying praying and to spring so much I don't know what kind of prayer I praying God of the angel armies you're always by my side I know who stands before me I know who goes before I know who is behind me you surround me it may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you it. it may look like I'm surrounded and I'm I'm surrounded by this is how fight my balance. This is how fight my balance. This is how fight my balance. Some of the battles you fight is a battle for your mind and stability in the midst of the shipwreck. Because there will be bombardment of your mind. There will be ideas filling your head if God is with you. Why are you going through this? If God is with you, why is this happening to you? If God is with you, why is this person dying? If God is with you, why is this situation difficult? Why can't you find money? Everybody's getting a job. Why can't you get a job? Are you sure God is with you? God is not with you. God has forsaken you. And that's what people say about Nigeria. You say, let me leave this God-forgets-forsaken country. Let me go to America, I'm coming to America. That's what some people say about Nigeria do you believe in God do you believe in the God of the resurrection I think like the background is ready the backdrop is ready for God to work it'll be so clear when God has changed Nigeria's destiny it'll be so clear when a difference has been made between where we are and where we need to be it'll be so clear when God moves upon the land why because in the backdrop of darkness light shines brightly light is coming morning is coming the day is coming when the grace of God will be poured on this nation. The day is coming when the Nigerian passport will be respected. And men will travel from far and near to come to press in Nigeria. We will look for Nigerian visa because we'll get our acts together. We'll fix our streets and build our cities. We'll raise our children in the glory of Yahweh. We'll be a black bastion on the face of the earth. People will never have seen anything like that. We will be better than Wakanda. upon us the prophetic word has gone ahead we don't die in the storm the dire circumstances bring out our leadership we shine in the midst of darkness he shows his gift of encouragement he was a leader he stood up and said guys why are you so discouraged eat some food he took bread and broke it and said oh my god i give i, I can't imagine the kind of prayer he prayed Man, do you know 276 people were tied to him all of them had to listen to him there were three categories of people there were sailors who were technical people running the ship there were soldiers with a centurion who were designed to carry prisoners to to, to to rome and then there were the prisoners three categories of people unbelievable he had a he had a church everybody sat down and listened to him. first of all they didn't start by listening to him he said to them don't row. don't go they went by the next time, by the next time, they started listening to him very well. When they saw what he said happened, do you understand? They may not listen to you the first time, but by the time you give them a prophetic word, they begin to pay attention. They begin to pay attention. God will give you the right words, and people will pay attention to your words in the name of Jesus Christ. His leadership came through. The gospel was paramount. That's the next point. What is paramount in your life? If I can ask you, what do you use 90% of your life to do? What is the most important thing in your life? What is the thing that you most hold dear? What is that thing that you are keeping as the most pivotal thing in your life? Is it your job? What happens when your job becomes slippery ground? Is your business what happens when your business fails for Paul the most paramount thing was what the gospel once we talked about the daughters of Philip who prophesied there was a guy called Agabus in their house and they took him took his sash and tied it and said this how the, the this how the bearer the owner of this sash will be imprisoned in Jerusalem and chained like this thought they were discouraging Paul. Paul stood up and said, "Guys, guys, 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 you want to break my heart? I'm not ready only to be in prison. I'm ready to die for this gospel. He loved not his life to the death. The gospel was everything for him. That those 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 300 almost 300 people on that ship they heard it so you cannot believe what he preached to them. By the time they came out, you were not the same people." Or yeah. he made all of them believers. How are we in our distressing situations? Can you be on a fraught voyage and be preaching? Can you be on, Can you be stranded? Okay, let's not talk about voyage because many of you don't travel by ship. Your flight got delayed, cancelled. You are grounded in an airport. You haven't showered for days. Will you be preaching? Do you guys understand what we are talking about? Or will you be angry? With the airline? Will you see only the physical? Will you see like ah uh, uh, it happens to me sometimes? Like, oh, I mean here, I'm here. Which means there's an opportunity somewhere. God, what do you what do you want me to talk to? And I've run into many people like that. Run into many people in the midst of nowhere. Do you understand? One day, I just finished preaching. I was about to leave the walking streets in Edinburgh as I stepped out. I saw one lady sitting by the side. The Holy Spirit said to me, me, will you talk to her? I said, the Holy Spirit, I've closed. (laughs) It was winter. (laughs) My hands were frozen. (laughs) The African blood was drying up. (laughs) But the Holy Spirit had spoken. And I went there. And I said to her, have you ever believed in Christ? You, you know about God? Have you ever heard about God? She said, well, there has to be someone out there. So have you ever been to a church? She said, no. So, so your parents never took you. She said, oh no, my mom is a witch. So what are you doing Edinburgh? Oh, I just, I'm just touring through Edinburgh. I came from New York yesterday. And tomorrow, I'm going off to somewhere else in Europe. And I said to her, do you know God sent me to you? I became more confident. It was clear that God sent me to her. The Lord who made the heavens and the earth wants me to have a word with you. The God you don't know who created you wants me to speak into your soul. In five minutes, she was crying and giving her life to Christ. How powerful is that? How powerful is that? Look for divine serendipities. Look for opportunities to speak of the gospel of Christ. If you lock your mind, all you can do is lifestyle evangelism. Oh, I will befriend them. After six months, maybe. Ah, The gospel is urgent. The gospel is urgent. What did I say the gospel is? So if you're my neighbor and you're living next door to me and I'm waiting six months to preach to you. And I come to you and I tell you, do you know that you can die today and go to hell? You might say, but you've been my neighbor for six months now. How come I never knew about this? Do you guys understand? I won't call you my friend if for six months you're trying to form friendship first sharing with me the gospel. The gospel is urgent. There is urgency to the message, and all of you here, you know enough to preach. Don't think you're not qualified, you know enough to preach. You know enough to say that Jesus can save a life. You know enough to lead a man to the cross. You know enough to save a man. Don't put yourself down when God has lifted you up. Don't look down on yourself when God has designed your life. You know enough to preach. Say to yourself, I know enough to preach. I know enough to declare. I am an evangelist. Say, I can hear you. Say, I am an evangelist. I speak the gospel of Christ. I pray upon broken people. I raise hurt people to the finger of God. I heal the sick. Say it, say it, say it. I, can't hear you. Say, I heal the sick. I raise the broken. I am an agency for God. There's one final point I want to make today and I'll stop. Discouragement is a choice. Discouragement is a choice. It's not about what you go through. It's about what you decide. Discouragement is a choice. You can be in the most inclement of situations, you can be in the most harsh of weathers, but you can decide not to be discouraged. I can tell you, if it's trouble, I've seen trouble in my short life. If it's distress, I've seen, I've had my children kick out of school. I've had moneylessness. I've had homelessness when I was in people's homes. I've had carelessness when I backpacked. I have done, all, I've done it all, if you want to do it. I have even trekked from here. I told you the story once, how one day I was working this dead-end job in Murray Corner Street in Victoria Island here. And I was squatting with my friend who was living with his family. in he look at you. And after I walked in, I didn't have transport to go home. I think I have like maybe 100 Naira. And it wasn't going to cover my transport. So what did I start doing? I started trekking. I said, let me cut the journey halfway. <laughs> I take bus. So that's how I tre- trekked from VI Bonny Camp. I arrived at CM and just at home. Yeah, let me go back uh, to western avenue so Bonri arrived at western avenue i said ah, I'm, I'm almost home let me try and go to jualegba jualegba i said ah let me go to palm grove by the time i got to palm grove i don't know who was walking When I told this story to my friends in Abuja, they started calling me Johnny Walker. (laughs) Keep on walking. (laughs) The time, the most difficult one was to cross the pedestrian bridge at (laughs) Obanikoro. How do you think I lay down that night? 20, 20 mile trek. <coughs> what do you think I did the next day? I woke up and asked my friend, You get 100 naira, idea. <laughs> I did the 100 naira of yesterday. went back to work discouragement is a choice all to that time my natural force was unabated i preached to everyone i met on the way i was inspired if you met me i'm as inspirational as i am today i was then there's a sense of consistency in everyone god calls you don't flip flop around discouragement encourage yourself in the lord pick your up regardless of where you are and speak life to yourself and say i am the chosen of the lord the lord loves me regardless of what situation i go through there will be shipwrecks in your life there will be seven bites in your life but god has promised you he will be with you through it all why do you fall down and play dead why do you want to act discouraged i encourage you this morning to rise up in the glory of god rise up in the glory of god regardless of where you are pick up yourself in the glory of god pick up yourself in the power of god he will never leave you nor forsake you there is a strength that comes when god incubates your life a grace that comes into you discouragement is a choice you can choose to be discouraged or you can choose to encourage yourself in the Lord and press on. My story may look small compared to where you're going through. You may have been raped. You may have seen negative circumstances. You may have been discouraged by the people in your life who you trusted. You may have seen the, the harsh side of life. You may have come through the treachery of friends. You may have come through disappointment in life. But I can still say to you, don't choose discouragement. Choose life. Choose strength. Choose the power of God. God bless you.
0: Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at at ecclesiahills.org.